Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hello, welcome back to another episode of A Whole Mood. So this week, I'm going to tell y'all, everything has been going great. We are like winning out here. And also this week, I have like one of the best guests. Oh my God, she is so fancy. Just I just aspire like her and her partner, like they are just everything. Like when I first met them, which is probably like a year ago, I was like, damn, they like look fancy. They are fancy. I came to their house. I was like, the fuck? What is this shit? Like what? And so, no, but like she is probably one of the people where it's like she really stands firm in her queendom. So I titled this episode Queen for her to tell her story on being you and not giving a fuck about who you being you around and just standing in your power. So I want to introduce you guys to Natasha. Hi, Natasha. I really wish people could see my face, right? Because the way (laughs) I'm so like flabbergasted, like what? What is this intro? Hi. Listen, everybody always says that though. (laughs) Nah, but I always, you got to shed light. You got to shed light. So I'm flabbergasted. Here I am as far as to be like you i'm like first of all la looks so good on you oh thank you you. secondly we're not fancy at all like we eat chicken spot (laughs) pizza for dinner like it's real ghetto over here don't even don't like don't do that don't do that nah but y'all keep it hood but y'all make it look good that's what it is because we all deserve the best we all hello and that's why i initially before you press record i said everybody has a little queen in them even the kings out here wow Hello. Because NLB having his queen side sometimes too. You don't got to let him know I said that, but he be real queen-ish. But yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get to know NO like on a later episode because, oh my God, you guys need to know Natasha and NO as a unit and like to hear <laughs> their stories individually would just be everything. <laughs> All right. So now, like Natasha, so I kind of want to shed light on your story and how you were brought up. You are Caribbean heritage from the Bronx, right? Born and raised in the Bronx. My mom is Trinidadian. My dad is Bajan. That's Barbados for those uncultured folk who don't know. Um, I did not know. (laughs) People be like, you were black and Asian. I knew it. No, Bajan. It's, yeah, Barbados. Well, tell us what it was like growing up under all of those things. I never looked at it as anything different. Like that's just Facts. what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's accent is just hella cute and endearing, endearing to me. It's mm. hella funny. I'm trying to convince <laughs> her to have a YouTube show, but you know, Facts. she just keeps cursing me out. I ain't no poppy show. Don't do that to me. I ain't here for people's enjoyments, but <laughs> she's real cute. And I really do wish everybody get a chance to meet her. She's just like the sweetest person in the world. So I think I have embraced my Trinidadian side more than my Bajan side, just because me and my mom are like thick as thieves, honey. My dad, he he brought us back to Barbados like almost every other summer-ish growing up, but 
I don't really think of it as like, that's what molded me per se. Like that's just, you know, mm. my upbringing. I just know how to make bomb ass curry now, but that's pretty much it. Curry. Like nothing. Nah. <laughs> Y'all, Natasha's <laughs> cooking is not to be played with. And it's so funny because when I had moved in here, I thought about you so much because I was like, oh my God, I need plants in here. And then I'm like, I wonder what <laughs> Natasha would recommend, like what plants I need, because I know what I want, but I'm like, will it work in here? And then literally last night, y'all, I got my furniture yesterday That's morning. That's the furniture. Right. And so I got all my pots and pans and stuff and I was able to cook. You know what I first, I made the first meal I made? What? I made some salmon burgers. <laughs> <laughs> salmon burgers be busting though. The ones from Trader Joe's. And are, I did. I got the one. They are yes. stupid. You dress her up real nice, get a nice real mm-hmm. fun. I yes, and Natasha girl. ass had this whole salmon burger editorial catalog moment on Instagram, and I was just like, "Who dresses up their burgers like this? It was so pretty." <laughs> I couldn't even put mine because I didn't have no condiments. I ain't had no like I I had my salmon burger. It was like habanero cheese. Oh, um, yes, with spinach for the refrigerator. Okay, um, but it wasn't pretty though, and I wanted to make it pretty because I I was like I'm gonna do a challenge. I'm gonna challenge <laughs> massage, but no, fail. No, I just, but it was good though. I ate it. It was ugly. It sounds good. good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. So what core values you were taught and still keep? Staying true to yourself is is one. I don't really like title myself as a feminist, but I feel like strong women are so important. How you perceive yourself to other people or other people's perception about you, like just always putting your best foot forward, always being true to yourself and kind of summarizing it like it sucks right now. But the best thing I can say is my mom, again, like my bestie, um, she really instilled in me, like, you know, always loving yourself first. So my parents, they're not together anymore. And they got divorced when I was like 10 ish. And my dad had an affair that caused them to, to separate and ultimately lead for, lead up to a divorce. And from my knowledge and my mom's too, like my dad has never cheated on her before, but just that one, you know, incident, like she, she knew like for herself, as well as for raising me, my brother, like she just had to, you know, keep her best foot forward, stand strong. Of course she was hurt. Like we talk about it now, like how hurt she was and she was in therapy and I didn't even know people was in therapy back in them days, not even back in them days, but you know, a couple years ago, like I feel like mental illness is something that we kind of talk about now, but you know, at that point in her life, she was going to therapy and I didn't even know like she was affected by this divorce the way that she was. And just her, you know, divorcing my dad, but also keeping it cordial. Like it allowed me to see like, you can grieve, you can be upset. You can also forgive and forget maybe less about the forget, but you can, you can forgive and forgiving is like less about the other person, but more so about you because she's been able to achieve so much just as like a single mom. And that's wild to me. Like give it up to any single mom, like raising a person by yourself is, I can't even imagine it. And she did it with two kids making less than what I even can fathom of what somebody should be making or could be making and supporting herself, running a home. And that's kind of what my home is a reflection of. It's just a reflection of like, how she raised me and always needing, like always deserving the best. Like just because 
we grew up in the Bronx. Doesn't mean that we was like in some rundown apartment. Like people came into my house and was like, holy shit, like you live in the Bronx? Like my mom just always created that kind of space for us and that like safe space to be your true self, being your queendom, whatever that may be. It could be in a studio apartment. It could be in a shack in Trinidad. It could be in a house, a mansion, whatever it is. And you just always deserve the finer things in life. And that doesn't necessarily mean like most expensive or name brand or diamonds, whatever, but it's whatever you feel you deserve, you should have it. And that's, I guess, in a summary, that's kind of my upbringing. I thank you for sharing that because that's kind of the inspiration that I wanted to shed light on in all of the news with like the baby and how he's handling his baby mamas or his baby mama, so now, to speak. Now, child, I done told you don't go into pop culture because I don't know nobody's people's no. life. <laughs> Because of what I recovered last episode, it's kind of like I could understand how women could feel low in their esteem or low in terms of navigating how to be with a boyfriend or be with a baby daddy or be with a husband. And I'm just glad that you are here to kind of, you know, give a balance on how to stand firm in what you require and what you want. I mean, I know what's happening with that. I couldn't fully watch the entire video because one, this woman is holding your child and she's feeding your child. And you can look at this woman who birthed something that is a part of you and whatever y'all were going through, however angry you are, no matter how young, small a child is, they still internalize that, whether they know that they're internalized or not. They say even when a woman is pregnant, if you have, you know, any type of emotional issues, like your child will internalize that and we grow up with that. And we can even see it, you know, from slavery days where we have just embedded like all this trauma. So I couldn't watch it because I don't find trauma to be entertaining. Just to see this man talk to this woman this way. And I'm not putting all the blame on the baby at all. That's one thing I will not do. Because I do feel like there are two sides to every story. Everybody plays a part. Personally, I would never allow a man to talk to me like that. And had he ever spoken to me like that, I damn sure wouldn't be his baby's mother, side chick for three years, whatever the hell she is to him. There's just no way that you can allow someone to talk to you like that. And I will turn around and say, I will also never talk to someone else like that either. And Mm -hmm. that's what's really like, I think that's what's so solid in my relationship where me and Enno, we fight or we bicker because we try to say like, we've never really had a fight. We never really argue. Voices don't don't raise. Hands don't raise for damn sure. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's never called me out of my name. I've never called him out of his name. No matter what we're upset about, no matter what the, agreement, what the disagreement is about, we just never talk to each other that way. And we were kind of joking around the other day and we were talking about women who say things like, I need a man to control me or I need a man to tame me. And it's like, why do you need someone to tame you? Are you a lion? What, what do you right, mean tame right. you? <laughs> <laughs> That's true though. I think that dynamic is so unhealthy because on the flip side of that, men like somebody to be their mama or their parent or to feed them things that they should be doing in a right. relationship that they should innately know and they should right. be innately providing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And 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 that's that that too in itself is like 
you have one mama, one person birthed you and I give her credit and good for her. I'm here to nourish you and care for you as your partner, not as your mother. I'm here to challenge you, not upset you, not work your nerve, not try to, you know, pull your strings or that's not what we're here for. And if if you, if you're with somebody who brings that out of you, I feel like you need to separate yourself from them. And if you're that person who you catch yourself, you know, that just comes out of you, then there's some soul searching you need to do. Not to say everybody's life is, you know, lollipops and daffodils. Everybody's happy all the time. I myself have moments where I catch myself and, you know, just slight depressive moments where I know that I'm down. We get the blues, like whether we want to talk, say it or not, like that's kind of what it is. You get the blues. And when I have moments like that, I kind of go in my own little shell and I know like, I don't want to give off that energy to somebody else. I don't want to give it to my loved ones. I don't want to give it to my partner. I don't want to give it to even coworkers. And I'm like, I'm in a mood right now. I just need a moment to myself. And sometimes that's all we need. And you have mm-hmm. to recognize that that's what you need. Yeah, for sure. So tapping back, like, who do you aspire to become? Myself. There's but no wait, but no, like, you never, like, looked anybody, <laughs> even on TV or uh, as a child or even there was somebody around you was like, damn, I want to be like that. I, I never have. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy because when Beyonce's Homecoming came on on Netflix and everybody was like, oh, my God, Beyonce, she did this show in X amount of months and whatever. It was a great show. Superb. I still watch it to this day. That's not somebody who I'm glorifying. This woman has three nannies, a chef, a a, a trainer. I'm not aspiring for that because that's not, not to say it's, it's not, not attainable, but it's just not realistic to me. Like who mm-hmm. I aspire, like who, people who I, you know, not not to say aspire, but who who I admire is, you know, my mom, of course. One of my close friends, Janet, you know her. She has twins. She's a PA. And she does not skip a beat. She looks amazing. And she does not have a personal trainer, even though her man is nuts with the workouts. They have no family here. And she's doing the thing with twins. And I'm just like, mind blown. Right. Alyssa, who, you know, she has this amazing talent. She has so much other underlying things that... I won't get into because that's her personal, you know, things, but she just still like wakes up every day. She finds this like passion in her. She got her own business started like before 30, like what? Mm -hmm. That's people who I admire. You know what I mean? Like real people. Like that's who Mm -hmm. I admire. Even Mm -hmm. you. What? Like for Alabama, who, what in LA? Like, what are you even talking about? I'm the girl from the Bronx who got out of the Bronx and now I'm in a house that I own and it's wild yes. to me. So yes, I aspire mm-hmm. to be myself, but there's people who I admire who are close to me. And I feel like, you know, having people close to you who you admire can only continue to make you better. You know, my, my best friend, she, this girl has started and finished so many businesses, a nail polish line, uh, She's a writer. She's interviewed, you know, countless people for Vibe magazine. And she now has a bridal consultant company, like just mind blowing to me. Like when do you have all these hours in a day? They talking about we have the same amount of hours as Beyonce, but like these are (laughs) real people. (laughs) Right. That's facts. No, that is so facts. So with that said, do you feel like 
being within your higher self or aspiring to be your higher self, do you feel like you've achieved that goal or do you feel like that goal is still achievable? I think that goal is still achievable. I think an issue that I have is every time I get something that I was aiming for, I never really appreciate mm, it. I'm hello. constantly off to, well, what's next? Well, what's next? Yes. What's next? Me. And I probably wouldn't even know if I achieved my highest self because I probably wouldn't even be content with her because mm. I'm always chasing what, like, what am I going to do now? When we closed on this house, we have a little white, our dry erase board where we put down our goals and I'm like, okay, another house. And it's like, well, no, girl, like this house ain't even furnished fully yet. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So it's just like, you just really, I, I struggle with appreciating what I have now. So, and I, right now to tell you, I'm like, well, what is next? And it's, it's driving me crazy because I don't know what my next is, but yeah. maybe, maybe this, I just have to take the time to just appreciate what I, what I have right now. And yeah, just a small token, because I struggle with that same thing. And somebody told me that you should give your time to celebrate Mm -hmm. the same time. You should really count how much you've been saving or waiting to get whatever you have right now. Mm -hmm. And you should spend that same time celebrating what you have. So, for instance, I spent like this whole year and three quarters trying to find a job or trying to find my next start or apartment. So y'all please believe I'm going to be flexing real hard this year and three quarters <laughs> talking about this damn job and this whole apartment. Like I'm a, I have to really, that's the token that I took from somebody when it comes to gratefulness and being present. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to pop my shit, I've never done that before. I'm just going to start popping my shit then. And I think that's why I was like, yo, Ellie looks so good on you because I don't think I've ever seen you. I don't want to say that you were, you know, bashful, but, or like not sure of yourself, but I kind of never seen you like this so sure of yourself. Like yeah. he's posting selfies and videos and talking to us. And I'm just like, I've never seen this presence of you on social right. media. And it's it's nice because it kind of doesn't feel like you left and went to the other side of the country. Oh, <laughs> see, and that's encouragement because I be feeling like I'm not myself because that's not who I am. I don't live my life on social media and I often forget to document things yeah. for social media. And so I think that's probably, that's just who I am. That's really, truly who I am. But I think when it came to me moving here, it was one of those things where it's like I had to document because I'm here by myself. So really, mm-hmm. social media is kind of my friend right now. I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to just start doing this because maybe somebody needs to hear it. Maybe somebody needs to be encouraged. Yeah. And and maybe people in, are enjoying it like me. I'm like, look at all right. of his best life. I need to go to L.A. Right. <laughs> yes. So as far as what Black women face in terms of dating, now you've been in the dating space and you're now, thankfully, out of it. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> right. So what can you attest to say, like, what do Black women look for in a companion? I think that's a lot of pressure. I don't want to speak for all Black women. For sure. I don't want to do that. I think that, you know, just women, people in general, just need a safe space. Just, mm-hmm. you know... Your house is a home, but your partner should be a home too. Like you just need a safe space. And if you don't feel safe with your with your partner as far as being your diary, just load letting it all out. And not to say like you're just unloading everything on them because nobody wants to transfer trauma. But if you don't feel comfortable in 
just unloading your truth to someone, then I, I don't think that's the person for you. So just being a safe space and you yourself being a safe space too. We have a lot of moments where we're very judgy and <laughs> I myself, I, you know, this it's the sad in me. I'm just very blunt and I'm just like, not the, what, huh? Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's also like knowing how to filter yourself, but still being your true self and just being open to receive whatever it is that, that you're looking for. For sure. And you know what? As a male, that was literally the first thing that I could have guessed what black women would look for in a companion. And and that is safety. If you're not safe, then they don't want you. Yeah. If, if you don't give a level of defense or anything in regards to how they're going to show up in the world. Yeah. You're not it, sir. You're not, you are not <laughs> it, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are things that you demand in companionship? Honesty. Mm. And it could be that I'm hella nosy, but (laughs) I live for honesty. I feel like if you are honest and you will give me the chance to internalize and take in whatever it is that you're being honest with, we can't go wrong. Uh, Honesty is everything to me because I'm going to be honest with you. I never want a yes man. I never want somebody who's going to just tell me what I want to hear. I don't want somebody who's going to shelter my feelings. Like, I just want pure honesty. What are things that you offer? Honesty. (laughs) (laughs) And blunt honesty. Come on, Sash Queen. One thing I got for you is, is straight honesty. I. I got honesty for you. However, I, I do say that I, I offer, I do offer a safe space where I feel like a lot of people tell me their their secrets and um, come to me for advice. And sometimes they don't want the advice that I give just because sometimes it's too honest. But I, I think that's one of the things that I offer that I'm, I'm probably like most proud about is is just my realness. And what are your non-negotiables? Ugh. How deep we going with this? Because if you a nail biter, that's a non-negotiable. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Um, I just thought that stop biting my nails too. Okay, I told E, I was like, I'm gonna make a pact. I'm gonna stop this ridiculous. No, I, I'll, I'll say it. I'm like, I'll stop this ridiculous, disgusting habit of biting my nails. But I think it's it stemmed from like anxiety. Of course. And yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons, too, why I don't like a nail biter is kind of a turnoff for me, because if I notice that you bite your nails, one, it, to me, it shows that you're a bit anxious. Mm. And two, it kind of shows that it's it's uncontrollable anxiety. And mm. it almost to me shows that you're not as confident in yourself because you're you're self-destroying your like you're destroying yourself you know mm-hmm. like so that's kind of why i i, I kind of dig a bit deep into the whole nail biting thing but also it mm-hmm. affects your teeth you want to wear your all your teeth down you like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not a pretty habit to me yeah yeah and i've done that for years but the thing about it is when i stop i just stop and if i make a decision to stop i literally just stop like even That's now, good. I just clipped them. I just clipped them. <laughs> That's good. Because they were getting ridiculously long. Okay. <laughs> so what Black women face in terms of finding a partner? I mean, I think we mentioned that with the baby and all of that stuff. So it's a lot of foolery out here because men don't know how to treat women or either they hate women. Um, 
but just the foolery, like what is your whole take on just them being out here and having the trouble? I think it stems from from family structure. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, growing up in a in a house of love for me personally has really molded the person that I am. And that's why I'm able to show love and give love so freely. And a lot of men don't really um, dig too deep into it, but there's a lot of men with daddy issues too. And some with mommy issues. Just having to unpack other people's trauma is something that, you know, we have to face. It's exhausting. All women just, just want to be loved. And I feel like Black women in particular, we're just we're just looked at to just take on other people's traumas and just deal with it or help to fix it. And who's going to help fix us or just just be there? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's one of the things. And of course, you're not a parent, but I had this on here because I didn't know who I was going to pick um, for this episode. But what Black women face in regards to parenthood. So you as a witness, what do you think? Uh, I think one of the scariest things is knowing that, you know, you can't protect your children at all times. I can't even imagine, you know, just having a black son and having the conversation with him of how he should react in the presence of police, how he can save his own life. At what age do you have that conversation with him? Because black boys are dying. Maybe I'm getting a bit more emotional because I do hope to be a mother, you know, one day soon maybe amazing and i just don't even know how to even how to even start that conversation it's just it's just so unfair i've heard i've heard from one person a a patient of mine where we just had a random deep conversation and it was like i asked him because he had just had a baby himself and i was like you know and this is kind of the height of, of of coronavirus too and he's just telling me of like things that people should be stocking up on. And this is before everything shut down where we really didn't even know what we were dealing with. And I asked him, you know, is it scary bringing a child into this world with all these things happening? Like, do you feel selfish? And he's like, you know, the most beautiful thing you can do is have a child. And the most, the hardest thing a parent can do is accept the fact that your child will one day die. Something that I never even thought about and was just mind blown. And he's like, you know, you hope that they pass after you, but Mm -hmm. it's just wrapping your mind around the fact that one day your child will not be in this world anymore. I still don't even know how to process what that even meant to him or even to me. But, you know, you love something unconditionally. You just you just want to keep it safe. True. Yeah. And I think even in regards to the future, in, in protecting our black kids with this case just being finalized and that, you know, that young boy walking freely. And mind you, we get convicted from the silliest, stupidest things. So it is very discouraging in terms of raising our kids and hoping that they come up in a better world than what we grew up in. So I understand completely where you come from with that. Next topic in regards to black women emotions. So a time where you felt you reacted and you were gaslit. Why didn't you tell me this beforehand so I can like pre right. come up with these answers? <laughs> I guess because I be wanting the Ross answer. I don't want a rehearsed answer. You got to come back to me with that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a time where you realized you had overreacted. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know something with these with these like reaction moments i'm not even gonna lie to you moments where i overreact sometimes i just kind of black out where i'm like for real i said that and that's probably why this is like so hard to even remember to be yeah to be the honest with you there's been times i know i have overreacted <laughs> but <laughs> well a time where you stood in your power I stand in my power a lot. Exactly. Like I want to make it juicy for you, but I just, I'm just drawing a blank here. Mm-hmm. Oh, Alon. A time you knew someone could not handle your power. Oh, these questions, child. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Andrew. A time where someone attempted to take your power away from you. It's the Jeopardy music for me again. Facts. So okay. <laughs> in terms of Black women's self-care, what are things you require in order to feel full mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? A good book, a good candle, mm-hmm. R&B music, mm-hmm. and that's it. Maybe company, but we're not even saying anything. We're just right. absorbing energies, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. That sounds so nice, but I guess my Sag Moon <laughs> is coming out. <laughs> How do you pour back into you? Same thing with self care. Just light some candles, some R&B music, maybe a glass of wine, cook some dinner. Mm-hmm. That's that's meditation for me. What are your requirements in feeling satisfied with your partner? Knowing to read the room, knowing to read me, knowing when you're needed and when you're not needed in that moment. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just have to deal with things by ourselves and you don't have to be a Mr. Fix-It all the time. How do you command your needs? I'm such a girl with this one. I can like like, be upset with you for not reading my mind. And it's just like... (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And that's the toxicity for me. I try to just verbalize it because people can't read your mind. But for a split second, I do get upset that you can't read my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So misunderstandings of black women. So what can you think of like on the top of your mind? Like you feel like societal misunderstandings on who black women are and their intent. One of the misunderstandings is definitely our toughness. Thinking that we're like we just have this tough skin and that we are just like ear punching bag. That does not come with the complexion. Like we are, <laughs> we, we both need, like, we all need to be nurtured and we, we definitely need to be taken care of just like everybody else. And that's mm-hmm. in all walks of life from relationships to work environments to healthcare, like just everything. We deserve to be nurtured just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mistakes of black women. What mistakes? Oh, we don't make perfection. those. <laughs> We, we don't make those. There's no mistakes with black women. No. None. I could think of one. Ooh, I would love to know. Yeah, I think black women really be thinking they superwoman out here. Although they don't want to be depicted as the strong black woman, they do give that off. And they be putting way too much on their back. Because there's people out here that don't need saving. Guilty. I do agree with that. However, I don't think that that's a mistake on our end. I think that's a mistake on the world. Wow. Okay. I just think it's discernment. <laughs> and and I have to learn that. I'm not a Black woman, but I have to learn that sometimes you have to look at it like, would they do the same thing for me? 
Oh, absolutely. And let that be your decision in you offering your service to people. And I feel like black women don't think about that. They just do it because that's the goodness of their heart. And then they get fucked over, you know, when it comes to time for somebody to pour into them. Okay. I don't want to call it a mistake, but I do think that that's where the black woman's heart is bigger than most. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a mistake for having a big heart because a lot of times you're right. We do do things and we get fucked over, but it's because we expect people to have us the same way we have them. Right. So reflection question, question one, (laughs) what do you wish people understood more about about Black women? I wish people understood the generational traumas of Black women from years, decades, centuries. This isn't something that we just picked up two years ago last year. This is embedded in us. It's going to take a lot to unlearn certain things. Question two, what keeps you balanced? Love keeps me balanced. Period. (laughs) We all need love. I surround myself with love, even though I could be a bit distant in my Sagittarius ways. (laughs) Love is always (laughs) an arm's reach. Let me tell y'all, I was shocked (laughs) that she came to my going away thing. I definitely, I had, even though I know, I know y'all's heart. I do. So I never get offended when, you know, I'm like, where Natasha? Where the N-O? And like, they don't come. But I was shocked. In the rain. Yes, in the rain. And it was cold that day too. So I Mm -hmm. honestly, part of me understood if y'all did not show, I was like, I get it because I know me. But the fact that I was like, whoa, okay. And of course, <laughs> Blunt Natasha, she was like, okay, now if you moved to Brooklyn, we wouldn't have been here. But because you're moving across the country, we we had to show yeah, up. Yeah, we got to be here. We have to be here. Right. If you were going to Brooklyn, I can see you next week. We'll figure it out. Right. But you, you're moving too far, so I, I have to be there. Question three, what Black woman inspires you? My mama. Oh, the most chocolatest black woman walking this earth is, is, is my mama. She inspires me. There's nothing more that I want to do than to just keep making her proud. And what black woman motivates you? See, my best friend motivates me a mm-hmm. lot. I've known her since second grade. She's always motivated me to do anything to be anyone, always telling me never sell myself short or, you know, never second guess myself or even with guys, like you deserve better. Like that she, she motivates me. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to put a messy one in here. <laughs> what black woman in, is an example on what not to be? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is to go back to the whole baby situation. I really stay away. I try to stay away from messiness and trauma. And mm-hmm. if there's a black woman's wrong, I'm just turning a blind eye because I don't want to, I don't want to put that on her. Right. Put that on her environment and circumstances. So yeah, I'm not going to answer that one. Okay. <laughs> You could have easily said Stacey Dash or somebody that people like, you know what? I feel you. <laughs> no, because, you know, black women already have a lot of daggers thrown at Facts. them on a daily. That is the truth. I'm not going to yeah. be another one mm-hmm. to aim at, 
and my tribes. What advice can you give a little girl close to you? Love yourself. Do whatever makes you happy, whatever that may be. Even if it doesn't make sense to other people, just do it. And leave them boys alone. Boys is trouble. Period. <laughs> That's facts. Especially if something's going well in your life. Don't even worry about boys it. Boys are a distraction. We don't, yeah. we don't really need them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Natasha, for showing up. Thank and you. I really appreciate your perspective. Oh, girl, I have nothing to do today. <laughs> Literally, Sundays are relaxed days. Like, I really appreciate your perspective. And oh, my God, I feel like this is just really going to motivate the listeners. Would you want to promote anything? Self-love. I'm promoting self-love. No, like you want to promote your Instagram, follow <laughs> no, you, whatever. No, I'm she was so like, don't follow me, Instagram. Y'all. So, no, you don't need to follow me. You're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, you guys, I hope that this inspires you guys. I hope that, you know, in light of all of the foolery, all of what's going on or whatever, whether it be the case. Whatever the um, hell his name is. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, the foolery that's dealing with anything on love and hip hop that we love to watch, but we really hate to witness. Right. It's such a guilty pleasure, but it's like. Oh my God, is their life really this bad? Like what? We feel y'all, we understand, we hope better and you have to hope better for yourself. My name is Alon, that's Natasha, a whole move. A whole move. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.